Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. nerds this is let's talk about myths baby and i am your host Liv, here with another episode of reading of the argonautica i mean this has been fun but the deeper i get into it and the closer we get to just all out medea wildness the more excited i am so i am thrilled to be back to you uh, again with another reading of this crazy book specifically with Medea because last we left Jason and the Argonauts they had finally landed on Colchis they had met the King Aetes he does not like them they had asked for the golden fleece back nicely it wasn't gonna go and they have finally met Medea so we are diving back into the trials that Aetes is setting out for Jason in order for him to get the Golden Fleece. (sighs) It's going to be fun. (laughs) 
This is the Argonautica by Apollonius, translated by R. C. Seaton, Book Three, Part Two. Thus Jason spoke, smitten by his helpless plight, and the king with grim words addressed him, sore troubled as he was. Go forth now to the gathering, since you are eager for the toil, but if you should fear to lift the yoke upon the oxen or shrink from the deadly harvesting, then all this shall be my care, so that another too may shudder to come to a man that is better than he is. He spoke outright, and Jason rose from his seat, and Augeus and Telamon at once, and Argus followed alone, for he signed to his brothers to stay there on the spot meantime, so they went forth from the hall. And wonderfully among them all shone the son of Eason for beauty and grace, and the maiden looked upon him with stealthy glance, holding her bright veil aside, her heart smoldering with pain, and her soul creeping like a dream flitted in his track as he went. So they passed forth from the palace sorely troubled. And Chalciope, shielding herself from the wrath of Aetes, had gone quickly to her chamber with her sons, and Medea likewise followed, and much she brooded in her soul all the cares that the loves awaken, and before her eyes the vision still appeared, himself what like he was, with what vesture he was clad, what things he spoke, how he sat on his seat, how he moved forth to the door, and as she pondered she deemed there never was such another man, and ever in her ears rung his voice and the honey-sweet words which he uttered. And she feared for him, lest the oxen or Aetes with his own hand should slay him. And she mourned him as though already slain outright. And in her affliction a round tear through very grievous pity coursed down her cheek. And gently weeping, she lifted up her voice aloud. Why does this grief come upon me, poor wretch, whether he be the best of heroes now about to perish or the worst? Let him go to his doom." Yet I would that he had escaped unharmed. Yeah, may it be so, revered goddess, daughter of Perses. May he avoid death and return home. But if it be his lot to be overmastered by the oxen, may he first learn this, that I do at least not rejoice in his cruel calamity. Thus, then, was the maiden's heart racked by love cares, but when the others had gone forth from the people and the city, along the path by which at the first they had come from the plain, then Argus addressed Jason with these words. Son of Eason, thou wilt despise the counsel which I will tell you, but though in evil plight it is not fitting to forbear from the trial. Ere now you have heard me tell of a maiden that uses sorcery under the guidance of Hecate, Percy's daughter. If we could win her aid, there will be no dread, methinks, of your defeat in the contest, but terribly do I fear that my mother will not take this task upon her. Nevertheless, I will go back again to entreat her, for a common destruction overhangs us all. He spoke with good will, and Jason answered with these words, 
Good friend, if this is good in thy sight, I say not no. Go and move your mother, beseeching her aid with prudent words. Pitiful indeed is our hope when we have put our return in the keeping of women. So he spoke, and quickly they reached the backwater, and their comrades joyfully questioned them when they saw them close at hand, and to them spoke Eason's son, grieved at heart. My friends, the heart of ruthless Aetes is utterly filled with wrath against us, for not at all can the goal be reached either by me or by you who question me. He said that two bulls with feet of bronze pasture on the plain of Ares, breathing forth flame from their jaws, and with these he bade me plough the field four plough-gates, and said that he would give me from a serpent's jaws seeds which will raise up earthborn men in armour of bronze, and on the same day I must slay them. This task, for there was nothing better to devise, I took on myself outright. Thus he spoke, and to all the contest seemed one that none could accomplish, and long, quiet, and silent, they looked at one another, bowed down with the calamity and their despair. But at last Peleus spoke with courageous words among all the chiefs, it is time to be counselling what we shall do, yet there is not so much profit, I trow, in counsel as in the might of our hands. If you then, hero, son of Eason, art minded to yoke Aetes's oxen, and art eager for the toil, surely you will keep your promise and make yourself ready. But if your soul trusts not her prowess utterly, then neither bestir yourself, nor sit still and look round for someone else of these men— for it is not I who will flinch, since the bitterest pain will be but death. So spoke the son of Iacchus, and Telamon's soul was stirred, and quickly he started up in eagerness, and Idas rose up the third in his pride, and the twin sons of Tyndareus, and with them Aeneas' son who was numbered among strong men, though even the soft down on his cheek showed not yet. With such courage was his soul uplifted. But the others gave way to these in silence, and straightway Argus spoke these words to those that longed for the contest. My friends, this indeed is left us at the last, but I deem that there will come to you some timely aid from my mother. Wherefore, eager though you be, refrain and abide in your ship a little longer as before, for it is better to forbear than recklessly to choose an evil fate." There is a maiden nurtured in the halls of Aetes, whom the goddess Hecate taught to handle magic herbs with exceeding skill all that the land and flowing waters produce. With them is quenched the blast of unwearied flame, and at once she stays the course of rivers as they rush roaring on, and checks the stars and the paths of the sacred moon." Of her we bethought us as we came hither along the path from the palace, if haply my mother, her own sister, might persuade her to aid us in the venture. And if this is pleasing to you as well, surely on this very day I will return to the palace of Aetes to make trial, and perchance with some god's help shall I make the trial. Thus he spoke, and the gods in their goodwill gave them a sign. A trembling dove in her flight from a mighty hawk fell from the sky, terrified, into the lap of Aeson's son, and the hawk fell impaled on the stern ornament. 
and quickly Mopsus, with prophetic words, spoke among them all. For you, friends, this sign has been wrought by the will of heaven. In no other way is it possible to interpret its meaning better than to seek out the maiden and entreat her with manifold skill. And I think she will not reject our prayer if in truth Phineas said that our return should be with the help of the Cyprian goddess. It was her gentle bird that escaped death, and my heart within me foresees according to this omen, so it may prove— but, my sons, let us call on Catheria to aid us, and now at once obey the counsels of Argus. He spoke, and the warriors approved, remembering the injunctions of Phineas, but all alone slept up Epharchian Idas and shouted loudly in terrible wrath. Shame on us! Have we come here, fellow voyagers, with women, calling on Cypris for help and not on the mighty strength of Inealius? And do you look to doves and hawks to save yourselves from contests? Away with you, take thought not for deeds of war, but by supplication to beguile weakling girls. Such were his eager words, and of his comrades many murmured low, but none uttered a word of answer back. And he sat down in wrath, and at once Jason roused them and uttered his own thought. Let Argus set forth from the ship, since this pleases all, but we will now move from the river and openly fasten our hawsers to the shore, for surely it is not fitting for us to hide any longer, cowering from the battle cry. So he spoke, and straightway sent Argus to return in haste to the city, and they drew the anchors on board at the command of Eason's son, and rowed the ship closer to the shore, a little away from the backwater. But straightway Aetes held an assembly of the Colchians, far aloof from his palace at a spot where they sat in times before, to devise against the Minii grim treachery and troubles. And he threatened that when first the oxen should have torn in pieces the man who had taken upon him to perform the heavy task, he would hew down the oak grove above the wooded hill and burn the ship and her crew, so that they might vent forth and ruin their grievous insolence for all their haughty schemes. For never would he have welcomed the Aeolid Phrixus as a guest in his halls, in spite of his sore need— Phrixus, who surpassed all strangers in gentleness and fear of the gods, had not Zeus himself sent Hermes's messenger down from heaven so that he might meet with a friendly host. Much less would pirates coming to his land be let go scatheless for long, men whose cares it was to lift their hands and seize the goods of others and to weave secret webs of guile and harry the steadings of herdsmen with ill-sounding forays. And he said that, besides, all the sons of Phrixus should pay a fitting penalty to himself for returning in consort with evil doers, that they might recklessly drive him from his honor and his throne. For once he had heard a baleful prophecy from his father Helios that he must avoid the secret treachery and schemes of his own offspring and their crafty mischief. Wherefore he was sending them, as they devised, to the Achaean land, at the bidding of their father, a long journey. Nor had he ever so slight a fear of his daughters, that they would form some hateful scheme, nor of his son Absurtus. But this curse was being fulfilled in the children of Chalciope. And he proclaimed terrible things in his rage against the strangers, and loudly threatened to keep watch over the ship and its crew, so that no one might escape calamity. 
Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Meantime, Argus, going to Aetes's palace, with manifold pleading, besought his mother to pray Medea's aid. And Chalciope herself already had the same thoughts, but fear checked her soul, lest haply either fate should withstand and she should entreat her in vain, all distraught as she would be at her father's deadly wrath. Or, if Medea yielded to her prayers, her deeds should be laid bare and open to view." Now a deep slumber had relieved the maiden from her love pains as she lay upon her couch. But straightway fearful dreams, deceitful, such as trouble one in grief, assailed her. And she thought that the stranger had taken on him the contest, not because he longed to win the ram's fleece, and that he had not come on that account to Aetes's city, but to lead her away, his wedded wife, to his own home— and she dreamed that herself contended with the oxen and wrought the task with exceeding ease, and that her own parents said it not their promise, for it was not the maiden they had challenged to yoke the oxen, but the stranger himself. From that arose a contention of doubtful issue between her father and the strangers, and both laid the decision upon her, to be as she should direct in her mind. 
But she suddenly, neglecting her parents, chose the stranger, and measureless anguish seized them, and they shouted out in their wrath, and with the cry, sleep released its hold upon her. Quivering with fear, she started up and stared round the walls of her chamber, and with difficulty did she gather her spirit within her as before, and lifted her voice aloud. Poor wretch, how have gloomy dreams affrighted me! I fear that this voyage of the heroes will bring some great evil. My heart is trembling for the stranger. Let him woo some Achaean girl far away among his own folk. Let maidenhood be mine and the home of my parents. Yet, taking to myself a reckless heart, I will no more keep aloof, but will make trial of my sister to see if she will entreat me to aid in the contest, through grief for her own sons. This would quench the bitter pain in my heart. She spoke, and rising from her bed, opened the door of her chamber, barefooted, clad in one robe, and verily she desired to go to her sister and crossed the threshold. And for long she stayed there at the entrance of her chamber, held back by shame. And she turned back once more, and again she came forth from within, and again stole back. And idly did her feet bear her this way and that. As oft as she went straight on, shame held her within the chamber, and though held back by shame, bold desire kept urging her on. Thrice she made the attempt, and thrice she checked herself. The fourth time she fell on her bed face downward, writhing in pain. And as when a bride in her chamber bewails her youthful husband, to whom her brothers and parents have given her, nor yet does she hold converse with her all her attendants for shame and for thinking of him, but she sits apart in grief, and some doom has destroyed him before they have had pleasure of each other's charms. And she, with heart on fire, silently weeps, beholding her widowed couch, in fear lest the women should mock and revile her, like to her did Medea lament. And suddenly, as she was in the midst of her tears, one of the handmaids came forth and noticed her, one who was her youthful attendant, and straightway she told Chalciope, who sat in the midst of her sons, devising how to win over her sister. And when Chalciope heard the strange tale from the handmaid, not even so did she disregard it, and she rushed in dismay from her chamber right on to the chamber where the maiden lay in her anguish, having torn at her cheeks on each side, and when Chalciope saw her eyes all dimmed with tears, she thus addressed her. Ah, me, Medea, why do you weep so? What has befallen you? What terrible grief has entered your heart? Has some heaven-sent disease enwrapped your frame? Or have you heard from our father some deadly threat concerning me and my sons? Would that I did not behold this home of my parents or this city, but dwelt at the ends of the earth, where not even the name of the Colchians is known." Thus she spoke, and her sister's cheeks flushed, and though she was eager to reply, long did maiden shame restrain her. At one moment the word rose on the end of her tongue, at another it fluttered back deep within her breast, and often through her lovely lips it strove for utterance, but no sound came forth, till at last she spoke with guileful words, for the bold loves were pressing her hard." Chalciope, my heart is all trembling for your sons, lest our father forthwith destroy them together with the strangers. Slumbering just now in a short-lived sleep with such a ghastly dream did I see, 
many some God forbid its fulfillment, and never may you win for yourself bitter care on your son's account. She spoke, making trial of her sister to see if she would entreat help for her sons, and utterable, unbearable grief surged over Chalciope's soul for fear of what she heard, and then she replied, Uh, I myself, too, have come to you in eager furtherance of this purpose, if you wouldst haply devise with me and prepare some help, but swear by earth and heaven that you will keep secret in your heart what I shall tell you, and be fellow-worker with me. I implore you by the blessed gods, by yourself and your parents, not to see them destroyed by an evil doom piteously, or else may I die with my dear sons and come back hereafter from Hades in avenging fury to haunt you. Thus she spoke, and straightway a torrent of tears gushed forth, and lo, down she clasped her sister's knees with both hands and let her head sink onto her breast. Then they both made piteous lamentation over each other, and through the halls rose the faint sound of women weeping in anguish. Medea, sore troubled, first addressed her sister. God help you! What healing can I bring you for what you speak of, horrible curses and furies? Would that it were firmly in my power to save your sons! Be witness that mighty oath of the Colchians by which you urge me to swear the great heaven and earth beneath, mother of the gods, that as far as strength lies in me, never shall you fail of help, if only your prayers can be accomplished. She spoke, and Chalciope thus replied, Could you not then, for the stranger who himself craves your aid, devise some trick or some wise thought to win the contest for the sake of my sons? and from him has come Argus urging me to try to win your help. I left him in the palace, meanwhile, while I came hither. Thus she spoke, and Medea's heart bounded with joy within her, and at once her fair cheeks flushed, and a mist swam before her melting eyes, and she spoke as follows. Chalciope, as is dear and delightful to you and your sons, even so will I do— Never may the dawn appear again to my eyes. Never may you see me living any longer, if I should take thought for anything, before your life or your son's lives. For they are my brothers, my dear kinsmen and youthful companions. So do I declare myself to be your sister and your daughter too. For you did lift me to your breast when an infant equally with them, as I ever heard from my mother in the past days. But go, bury my kindness in silence, so that I may carry out my promise unknown to my parents, and at dawn I will bring to Hecate's temple charms to cast a spell upon the bulls. Thus, Chalciope went back from the chamber and made known to her sons the help given by her sister, and again did shame and hateful fear seize Medea thus left alone, that she should devise such deeds for a man in her father's despite. Then did night draw darkness over the earth, and on the sea sailors from their ships looked towards the bear and the stars of Orion, and now the wayfarer and the warder longed for sleep, and the pall of slumber wrapped round the mother whose children were dead. Nor was there any more the barking of dogs through the city, nor sound of men's voices, but silence held the blackening doom. But not indeed upon Medea came sweet sleep, 
for in her love for Eason's son many cares kept her wakeful, and she dreaded the mighty strength of the bulls, beneath whose fury he was like to perish by an unseemly fate in the field of Ares. And fast did her heart throb within her breast, as a sunbeam quivers upon the walls of a house when flung from water, which is just poured forth in a cauldron or a pail may be, and hither and thither on the swift eddy does it dart and dance along. Even so the maiden's heart quivered in her breast, and the tear of pity flowed from her eyes, and ever with an anguish tortured her. A smouldering fire through her frame, and about her fine nerves, and deep down beneath the nape of the neck, where the pain enters keenest, whenever the unwearied loves direct against the heart their shafts of agony. And she thought now that she would give him the charms to cast a spell up on the bulls, now that she would not, and that herself would perish, and again that she would not perish and would not give the charms, but just as she would endure her fate in silence. Then, sitting down, she wavered in mind and said, Poor wretch, must I toss hither and thither in woe? On every side of my heart is in despair, nor is there any help for my pain, but it burneth ever thus. Would that I had been slain by the swift shafts of Artemis before I had set eyes upon him, before Chalciope's sons reached the Achaean land. Some god or some fury brought them hither for our grief, a cause of many tears. Let him perish in the contest, if it be his lot to die in the field. For how could I prepare the charms without my parents' knowledge? What story can I tell them? What trick, what cunning device for aid can I find? If I see him alone, apart from his comrades, shall I greet him? Ill-starred that I am, I cannot hope that I should rest from my sorrows even though he perished. Then will evil come to me when he is bereft of life. Perish all shame, perish all glow. May he, saved by my effort, go scatheless wherever his heart desires. But as for me, on the day when he bides the contest in triumph, may I die either straining my neck on the noose from the roof tree or tasting drugs destructive of life. But even so, when I am dead, they will fling out taunts against me, and every city far away will ring with my doom, and the Colchian women tossing my name on their lips hither and thither will revile me with unseemly mocking. The maid who cared so much for a stranger that she died, the maid who disgraced her home and her parents, yielding to a mad passion. And what disgrace will not be mine, alas, for my infatuation? Far better would it be for me to forsake life this very night in my chamber by some mysterious fate, escaping all slanderous reproach, before I complete such nameless dishonor. She spoke and brought a casket wherein lay many drugs, some for healing, others for killing, and placing it upon her knees, she wept, and she drenched her bosom with ceaseless tears which flowed in torrents as she sat, bitterly bewailing her own fate. And she longed to choose a murderous drug to taste it, and now she was loosening the bands of the casket, eager to take it forth, unhappy maid. But suddenly a deadly fear of hateful Hades came upon her heart, and long she held back in speechless horror, and all around her thronged visions of the pleasing cares of life. 
She thought of all the delightful things that are among the living. She thought of her joyous playmates as a maiden will, and the sun grew sweeter than ever to behold, seeing that in truth her soul yearned for all. And she put the casket again from off her knees, all changing by the prompting of Hera. And no more did she waver in purpose, but longed for the rising dawn to appear quickly, that she might give him the charms to work the spell as she had promised, and meet him face to face. And often did she loosen the bolts of her door to watch for the faint gleam, and welcome to her did the day-spring shed its light, and folk began to stir throughout the city. Then Argus bade his brothers remain there to learn the maiden's mind and plans, but himself turned back and went to the ship. Oh, nerds, thank you so much for listening. This one was very fun, as you can tell by every moment of the tone of my voice. I really love that, you know, in the last episode, we get the idea that Medea was absolutely forced into this love by a spell, that none of it is hers. And thus, when she acts wildly erratically and lovestruck and like a obnoxious teenager who can't make up her mind you get that it's not her personality like it's clearly influenced by the gods and I think that that was I, I mean I think that Apollonius was writing after Euripides's play and I almost think he's kind of trying to like retcon Medea to make it so that she clearly was not in her right mind and just make really obvious that this woman was completely overtaken by the will of the gods and and you know it was not in her personality to do all of these things it's really fascinating i like the idea that she has this dream where she does it all <laughs> and that i mean that's obviously basically what happens she just helps jason do it all because the man is utterly useless without her without everyone on his ship he's such a oh my god fucking jason Anyway, this has been super fun to read Medea in this way, in this like really direct and blunt, like, oh my God, the way this woman is overtaken by the gods and how she reacts because of it. Fucking fascinating. Ugh, next, we keep going on book three. I don't know where we're going to lead, whether we're going to start the contest yet or what, but I mean, there's some good stuff still to come in this book. Fun shit. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. I am Liv, and I love this shit. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 
With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.